0: Here we go. Voice Knows Unscripted, the return episode. Been away for a few weeks now. Episode nine, I believe. Raw is trying to tell me with his fingers. <laughs> there he is, main man. Is it nine or is it eight?
1: I believe it's nine
0: okay cool i just just misread your fingers (laughs) um so today we're going to be discussing leg day and all kind of things leg related and it's interesting because i'm starting a new program today very excited about that and we've been discussing kind of leg exercises some intricacies of it and uh yeah i just thought you know what like it's cool we got we've got a lot to talk about we've got a lot to learn and i don't know a lot rory probably knows a shed load more than me and I can just extract some of that out of his brain and then we all benefit as a result. But before we get into it, we really appreciate it if you are enjoying our Voice Notes and scripted podcast. If you share it with one person, we would benefit greatly. It spreads our message and you know it gets everyone on board and kind of hopefully one having a bit of banter, good conversation, but two actually getting some applicable knowledge that's not total BS and we're not trying to sell you anything. But Leg day, Rory, kind of, if I say leg day, how do you start?
1: Oh, so my, mate, my first question is going to be, if I said to you, like, do you enjoy leg day, would it be yes or no? And then give me a reason why. So I'm going to say leg day. What do I think of? So for me, over definitely the past couple of years now, it's a very. I think, very positively. Like, I actually really look forward to my leg sessions. Um, yep. And that's not me just saying that. Like, I feel like the reason i enjoy it so much is got a good planning place set up for me exercises that are really challenging but exercises that connect well with my body suit my structure and i also have a training partner for legs as you know it's the same Mm -hmm. training partner we're very fortunate that we both thursday afternoons half one two o'clock for a couple of hours we block it out and we train legs together so we're actually we're very lucky to do that but b it's puts us in this environment where we really support each other we have like a friendly competitiveness so leg day is a really positive experience for me but i appreciate that is not the case for everyone um but mate what is your opinion when i say do you enjoy leg day
0: so it's funny isn't it when you first well when i first got into like training i saw the original memes and stuff like that it was like oh leg day is like the worst thing you know can't walk like oh you shouldn't have done leg day all this kind of stuff because it just rattles you but it's interesting i think when they first think of leg day my mind goes intensity that that's where i go to so that's not necessarily a positive or a negative it's just the kind of an approach to the session so i view it I enjoy a leg day. However, what I would say is as like a tag along to that is that I know I've got to be mentally prepared for it because I know that I'm going to be pushing myself and we're going to be moving some serious weight.
1: Yeah, mate. It's probably fair to say as well to the audience that when we say leg day, yes, obviously we, we mean like if you do have a, a a physical leg day like we're talking about that, but we also mean like just leg exercises in general so let's say you're not doing a leg day you're spreading your leg work across push pulls uh sessions for example um it still counts you know we're just speaking about leg exercises you know not just kind of training legs in one day as well because at the end of the day you know leg exercises are hard full stuff whether that's in a leg day or whether it's in a push pull type split
0: yeah for sure and i actually it's really interesting like the first time i'd Come across, like putting legs or lower body exercises into a uh, routine was through you, and where we do push but push exercise with a leg extension, and it's a really nice way to do it. I mean, if you can get your head in the space to kind of like say, Oh, like this is going to be hard because you've got that, it just feels like you've got that a little bit more room for growth and uh, utilization based on like giving your chest a rest but you're also hitting them them extra sets on your legs and then you get a bit of recovery time before the next leg session all that kind of stuff but um so legs 101 then kind of if we want to grow big legs which i imagine most people do i want to get some big ass quads how how do you reckon we go about it
1: oh mate great question so the first thing we're
0: going to look at is okay you mentioned the
1: quads there okay so what do the quads do essentially right so we've got four of them um we've got hence hence why they're called the quadriceps we've got four muscles that go into the quads they are the rectus femoris vastus medialis vastus lateralis and vastus intermediates you don't need to remember those you just need to remember them as the four muscles in your quads now what do they do they essentially just extend the knee one of them also flexes the hip but we're not going to worry about that too much we're just thinking about extending the knee right so any exercise under resistance under challenge that fights knee extension that's trying to bend your knee is going to be a quad challenge essentially so what exercises do that so just to name a few off the top of my head squats leg extension leg presses lunges split squats there's loads of exercises that are going to challenge the quads so that's that's what we're looking at we're then looking and saying right okay well you know we've all got different leg lengths right some of us got long legs some of us have got short legs some of us have got narrow hips some of us have got wide hips some people have got really mobile hips some people have got less mobile hips so then we're looking at okay well out of all these exercises we've got in our which ones are the ones that are going to work for you um so we'll talk a little we could talk a little bit mate, potentially about what we've got in our program right now so for me i've got a leg extension i've got a hack squat and i've got a leg press
0: okay i like i like all of those i like all of those so so why why do we have those ones specifically for you because i know you've said you've catered it up a little bit
1: Yep. So the kind of next layer to the, that we're looking at is okay, we've got all these different exercises, but some of them challenge the quads in slightly different ways. So, to give you an example of this, like let's take a leg extension. The challenge in the leg extension is obviously as you go through that kind of rep and, and through that movement into the legs being straight. We're challenging the quads in what we call like a short position, right? So it's where the muscle is in a fully contracted position. The challenge is as the muscle is getting shorter, right? Then we've got something like a leg press or a squat where actually when the legs are straight, that's the easy bit and when the legs are bent so the bottom of the squat or the bottom of the leg press that's where it's challenging this is what we call more of a mid to kind of length and position for the quads so the quads in a more stretch position on these exercises i'm not saying one's better than the other so i'm not saying that the leg extension is better than the leg press or the leg press better than the leg extension they're just slightly different challenges now if we're going to grow a muscle the research generally suggests that we want to train a muscle across its kind of full range of motion if you like so all those positions that that muscle can get into if we can get stronger um, and kind of use progressive overloads and create hypertrophy in all these different positions that's going to produce you know the best strength development and the best kind of overall growth so it's good to have different exercises in your program um you know like very rarely would you ever just pick one for example unless you're working with someone on very limited time but for me like the leg extension the leg press and the hack squat they all suit kind of my structure really well. I progress them really well. I enjoy them. They're all machine based as well, so I can push them pretty much like max intensity. And then when I get to the part of the set where I'm like, "Okay, I cannot do no more," I can rack it quite safely, um, and that just favours my goals more than something like a barbell squat, for example.
0: Got yeah. Yeah. I was go- I was going to say, for example. Um... It's an important point because we've discussed about it before, but safety, but also like the mental fatigue of like setting up for a squat rather yep. than a leg press. Like there is something definitely to be said about that. And um would you typically then advise for beginner to intermediates then to stick towards um a machine based leg protocol? Or what 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 would be the the catalyst then to take us more towards like a, a free weight barbell squat?
1: mate i think it's a great question i think that again uh, like your the equipment availability you've got is key like i'm fortunate enough that where i train there's a hack squat there's a couple of different leg presses um there's a decent leg extension so when you've got options you can afford to be a bit more choosy let's say someone come to me and said right mate i literally train at home in my garage i've got a couple of pairs of dumbbells and a chair we may look straight away okay how well does this person squat how well does this person do a lunge or a split squat um and and i may pick that exercise earlier but if you said i could pretty much like choose anything generally i would start people start my clients on a machine base leg exercise just because i want to see okay can they contract their quads um, in isolation, right? So, can they actually use this leg extension to take this pad from the bottom to the top? Can they do it under control? Can they actually own the reps? And do their quads tolerate it? Are they in bits for four days or do they recover quite quickly? So, that gives me kind of, I suppose, I like to see that information first before I start saying, right, go and do a back squat. If someone comes to me and says, right, we've well, been doing back squats for years, they feel amazing, I've got no joint pain, I'm probably going to allow them to keep back squatting, right? Because, you know, there's no in the kind of short term there seems to be no downside of continuing to do that but we may find out more information that actually changes our 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 mind on that but it's all going to come down to goals it's all going to come down to is the person in front of you a beginner and intermediate you know a lot of people are are kind of I suppose quite well advanced but have never done a, a barbell back squat before so in that realm they're a beginner and then you've also got people who I've never done a hack squat, a leg press, uh, a pendulum squat before, but I've done a shit ton of back squats. So it's all on the person in front of you, but generally I favour machine-based first and then build someone up to something like a a free weight, a back squat, something like that later.
0: Yeah, that's that's very true. The, the, the point that you made about there could be an advanced lifter, but yet they still haven't got experience with certain exercises. That's a really key element because like there the, are, that's the beauty of kind of having a coach and taking yourself through different, um, getting yourself out of your comfort zone. Like you might find that uh, exercise you've been avoiding for X amount of months, years could be the, could be the catalyst for extra growth. Cause it's a new challenge. Um, there's new, there's new, there's new things to take on and new men, like it keeps it fresh as well. Somewhere else you can push yourself, that kind of thing. So yeah, I think there's something to be said there. And also with the, with the, the, the squatting again, I'm not the, um, yeah, the physical expert here but as far as I understand it there's a lot of a uh, squat is the compound movement right so there's a lot of muscle recruitment in general across the board rather than just like isolating the quads Um but I think there's also something to be said again as you say about the goals really because there we're we, we putting a lot of work on the, the central nervous system and is that like that will f- that's where i think a lot of the fatigue comes from and like i'm, I'm hoping you'll chime in here because i'm no expert as i say but anecdotally for me if i set up for myself for a heavy set of squats uh let's say like a typical five by five where we're not looking to maximize hypertrophy but um just just kind of see the numbers going up after that like you are it's hard work to then go and do a leg extension and stuff like that and I think that is one mental fatigue but two your body's been using it's been going through such a wide range of motion that it's kind of like a little bit frazzled but yeah have you got anything to kind of add to that
1: yeah mate definitely it's it's risk reward isn't it and a lot of you know a lot of people probably listen to this definitely the majority of my clients they're people who have like already at a high level of of stress and stressors not necessarily bad stressors but they have a high level of stressors in their life family work relationships friendships um like personal goals finances you know the news the football team they watch all these things that give them varying levels of stress on a weekly basis and then they're coming in the same right then like what what training should i do when you give out a lot of these really highly demanding exercises like a barbell back squat like a deadlift and let's say a lot of these people have only got 3 sessions a week to train it may not be optimal for us or we may get more out of actually choosing exercises that Honest demanding whether that be set up, whether that be on the central nervous system. So yeah, I definitely, think that's a, that's a valid point, mate. And again, it all comes down to like, who's in front of you. Like I've got, I think I've got two or three clients at the moment who are doing like a hex bar deadlift, which is a very small number. The amount of clients who I actually mm. coach, I've got maybe two or three who do a, some form of barbell squat um and a lot of that is down to one of them absolutely loves it as an exercise so and and they they want it in their program so you know and there's no adverse effects to them themselves doing it i've also got a client who just folds up so well in a squat like this is another this is another thing when it comes to squats like proportions um you know if anyone's if anyone has heard the saying like squat like a baby or you just go on google and you put baby squat you'll see like babies and and uh, like they they fold up really well they've got much more kind of equal proportions so they they squat really well um, but then yeah. you'll find you get these people who are like taller, um, who have got really long femurs and their proportions are now so much different. So when they squat, it looks more like a deadlifter. It just more looks more like they're kind of like leaning forwards. And for a lot of these guys, there's, there's not much we can do to correct that. We might be able to give them a heel wedge. We might be able to give them some cues. We might be able to load them from the front rather than with a barbell. But ultimately, you know structure is going to be king here a lot of people just haven't got the flexibility in their ankles to be able to maintain their foot their foot position um planted against the floor so there's so many variables with the squat which is why for me it's not a must-do exercise it's a you know who we're we looking at what's the goal kind of question um yeah. so yeah squats are an interesting one to make. that's a really good question
0: yeah and um i got on a A high horse with squatting like it was kind of like the influence that i decided to take well i was influenced by i should say and when i was kind of training on my own and stuff like that and it was kind of seen as the superior movement based on the muscle recruitment across all all planes i guess but i'm in that camp of where i've rolled my ankle so many times in my life and i also then got into like running and running decent distances and then that had the effect of one my ankles are absolutely battered so one of my one of my legs can bend quite easily my, Like i.e my knee can come over my foot without my heel raising off the floor the other leg i get half the half the range of motion and then all of a sudden when we start looking at the squat and i was trying to like squat every day it was like oh this is like this is a bit of a problem so i i come from a camp of where i actually took a lot of time to try and figure out how can i improve the flexibility how can i do this and it is it is an endeavor that takes a lot of effort. If like, even if like you go, you sit down all day, like your hip flexors and everything like that. Like you know, like it's a very demanding exercise just to kind of throw yourself in at, and that that's kind of why I side with you here. Although again, I've seen it from the the total perspective of like massive muscle recruitment and putting the strain on the nervous system. But for the, just for the recreational person, the office worker. The person who's just trying to get a little bit healthier, like I would avoid, and I know that sounds like that's such like a polarizing statement, isn't it? But I think what should be interesting, um, like you said, uh, we should go through our routines. We talked a little bit about yours. With mine, I don't know how fresh it is in your mind, but I'll I'll run you through it because it's being done today. I think it might be interesting if I kind of list off the exercises, and then you kind of give a bit of reasoning behind them. And then yeah, mate, hundred percent. If someone's gonna then program or do a little bit of stuff themselves, they can kind of get why would you do it like that? So first of all, we're starting off. Number one is leg extensions, three working sets.
1: yeah, so um generally, like when I'm programming, especially for 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 generally guys and girls who are you know sort of twenty five, sometimes a bit younger and upwards, you tend to find that not with everybody but people's joints just start getting a little bit more sensitive so my um one of my clients who's also a really close friend of mine is actually my leg day training partner jack so he's a uh, he's an msk physio and has some great discussions with him and he says that actually in the research like we start seeing arthritic changes in joints happen from around the age of 30 some people even younger that doesn't mean mm. to say that we're you know we know arthritis is is associated with the aging process you know it definitely comes starts to come on earlier than we think according to the research but it doesn't necessarily mean we'll have pain but a lot of the clients i work with you know going straight in with squats particularly in the cold weather going straight in with leg presses their body just mm. isn't it isn't quite warmed up and, and kind of prepared for that so i like to start with a leg extension get the knees warm get some blood flow to the quads and what's quite nice is when you're really strong Stu. so like let's say for example yourself like you can push a lot of weight on a squat a lot of weight on a on a leg press we do leg extension first you're actually then going into that exercise in a more fatigued state. so you haven't got to use Mm. as much load to get a similar training effect so like i really like placing that first in yeah. a leg session it works really well um a lot of the education i've done they generally favor something like that as well so that's not i won't always program it first but i for a lot of people i think it works really nicely
0: yeah for sure it's that's really interesting because for a lot of people that would be the question like for me i would typically assume right if we're going to do a leg press let's get that done first because that's like we're, we're going mm. to this this new level but the fatigue before is actually the aim which is that that's just just really interesting i think if we step back one thing yeah um because so we've gone we've started off on exercise one but for people would you recommend any form of warm-up because i know this is a brief discussion where i i put in what anecdotally i enjoy but is there any recommendations you'd give mate it's
1: it's so tough because like we've there's there's you know it's Everyone's going to be different. So I know for me, like generally for my warm ups, at the very most, I might do five, maybe 10 minutes max of very light cardio. That's more to get my mind ready than my body. If it's really cold, I'll use it as a means of just getting some blood flow around my joints, around my knees, around my hips, around my ankles. Um, But I'm generally pretty good just going in for warm up sets. Um, I know my body really well, so let's say I'm doing a leg extension first. Me doing my warm up sets before my working sets acts as fine. That being said, that's not the same for everybody. So some people might need to do, you know, some very light warm up sets, some very kind of like gentle mobility routine, uh, mobility routines. If someone's got really poor range, you may use a little bit of essentially dynamic or static stretching to open up a bit more range. For me, that's few and far between. I think the issue is as well is time. You know, if Mm -hmm. someone's saying to me, Rory, I've got three hours a week to dedicate to the gym. I want you to program this for me. I want you to take me through it. I want you to get me these results. Am I going to use 10 minutes or 15 minutes at the start of those three sessions for stretching? Probably not because that's not going to have the biggest effect on his big goal. So it's important to prioritize for me. So I will only use it if necessary but warming up yeah mate 100 percent, it's so important and that's why i'm a big believer in warm-up sets like we spoke about it earlier um there's a couple of things which are really important the first one is like i don't know if you've heard of synovial fluid no so basically this is like the body's own wd-40 so you know the old squeaky door you get the old wd-40 oh no. I know well So synovial fluid, like exercise and blood flow around a joint encourages synovial, movement encourages synovial fluid. It basically is like a lubricant. It lubricates your joints. So if we go straight in for like heavy sets from the get-go, they're going to feel shit. They're going to feel shit mentally. They're going to feel shit physically on the joints. So that's the first reason why warm-up sets and preparation sets are important. The second thing is what we call, so me, me and Jack call it the PAP. Um, so you'll see, if you read any geeky, like muscle books, it's called PAP. That's why we call it the PAP and it stands for post activation potentiation. You don't need to remember that. All you need to remember is a muscle actually increases its, its, its ability to contract and produce force when it's exposed to like previous force. So let's say I walked in the gym and tried to lift 60 kilos on the leg extension from the get go it would feel shit right. The muscle's not ready. But let's say I did a set of 10 at 20 kilos and then a set of 10 at 40, which is relatively comfortable for me. And then I went to 60. That 60 would probably feel pretty easy, right? Because I've prepared the muscle. The muscle actually gets stronger when you potentiate it because what happens is the nervous system, the brain, the muscle, there's this like kind of um orchestration thing going on where they're talking to each other. And it's saying, right, you need to be ready for the next kind of demand it's exposed to so this is why warm-up sets are so important and you get more for me most people get more value out of that than stretching
0: got ya. yeah so on the warm-up sets then um is there any kind of general advice you would be giving to to someone like a 50 percent of your max and 70 percent look well not and when i say max i shouldn't say that i mean you're working weight
1: so generally mate, like the very first set that i'll recommend and i'll do to i'll say to people is use it as um almost like a technique set so is your positioning right is the chair in the right position are you comfortable you know have you got your fucking earphones ready you know all these little things so it's more of a set for that so for that reason i actually say to people it should be a way that's really easy you can knock out 10 reps it's very very comfortable so, it's literally just a set. I'm in the right position. Yes. Okay. Now we're on to the next set, the next warm up set. Okay. This should be pretty straightforward. We know we're in the right position. Let's go to a weight that's maybe between the first set that we've done and what our working set is going to be at. So, maybe we go straight down the middle. So, now we're coming to maybe a, a weight that's maybe five or six reps in reserve at the end of the set. So, by the time you land on that, working set where you're probably going to be working at one two maybe three reps in reserve you know you, you've kind of slowly approached it rather than jump straight in at it and your body and your joints will feel so much better
0: yeah that's uh that's really really good to know like uh, typically two to three warm-ups it's depending on how it feels again there is yeah. something to be said as you become more a little bit more experienced then you kind of will know how to listen to your body say you oh mm-hmm. that's a bit janky May- maybe let's turn that down just make sure we're all okay before we go guns are blazing um what i'd say on the warm up front for myself so again i come at this from like an office worker's perspective and i like I like what you said regarding getting your mind in the right place. I think yeah. there's a lot to be said about like, like a ritual for me. That's what it is. So I, I've i got, from sitting down all day, I've developed like some hunched shoulders and a few posture issues that like I'd like to try and work through. And arguably I'd say that's gotten better over time. But for me, when I walk in the gym, I get out um, a light band and I'll just – R- rinse that around my head a few times, get the shoulders moving, even if it's leg day for me because I know I've been standing or I've been hunched over or I've been doing stuff all day. It's just nice to open that up, and that for me just gets me in that zone like you said, like mentally, I'm preparing myself now what am I gonna actually try to accomplish in this in this session like am I gonna like how am I feeling, what have I got to look out for, what kind of obstacles am I have a like am I ready for this and then then I'll just add in a few bodyweight exercises for. Um, for the the session itself so if it's legs i'll just do a few bodyweight squats maybe even grab a kettlebell just kind of feel through the the areas that are a little bit sticky that again that's me but i've heard the um, recommendation is not to use any static stretching when starting because it can actually yeah. be detrimental rather than beneficial so i think a static stretch is, is quite nice like just just like. The, you know like a leg swing and stuff just getting stuff moving i I can't see there being any harm in that and again i think yeah the benefit really comes from one as you say warming your body or getting the fluids moving but two the, the mental the mental capacity that you can't kind of we're, we're in here to work now we're gonna what are we trying to achieve rather than okay we're at the gym again it's routine it's like like let's let, let's try and push ourselves but let's not go too far like no what are we actually trying to accomplish and uh that's what i like to use it for so number two on the list then is a leg press, which is plate loaded at 45 degrees. And we've got two warm-up sets and three working sets again.
1: Yeah, so again, another another quad exercise. So just to keep intensity in, in this particular session, we're following the first quad exercise by another. Again, coming back to what we spoke about earlier, we're sort of challenging the muscle in a slightly different position, uh, which again is going to be useful in terms of training the muscle across its full full available sort of range that it can work through again this particular machine allows us to work through kind of a bit more total load on there we've got the joints and the quads warm from that first exercise um but we're not so deep into the session that we're super fatigued so it's just a good time to put that leg press in there so a pretty straightforward one there and this is going to be a a particular exercise where we're looking and we're saying right can we progress that load each week can we get an extra rep on each week you know how much of those are those knees ankles and hips moving through um their their own kind of individual ranges on that leg press so it's a uh, it's kind of like a, a real sort of key indicator exercise for us of are we getting stronger are we improving so um and i do believe that exercises like your leg press like your dumbbell presses like your rows are really good for that if you're getting stronger on those exercises that's a really good thing
0: yeah i was going to ask you actually like personally like are there a few lifts that we're looking as key indicators for performance like if we're bulking as you say we want to use the numbers and 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 uh record and the log and stuff like that as a as a reference to say are we actually moving towards our goals like as Definitely, you said to me mate. i think as you yeah said to me
1: I think, yeah, definitely that that they are really important because those exercises where we're, we're bringing in multiple joints, multiple muscle groups, you know, if our training's going well and everything's progressing, though it's going to show on those lifts. Um, yeah. That's not to say that we shouldn't record and we shouldn't be looking to improve our progression on the single joint exercises. They're, they're equally as important, but I definitely know for me that, you know, times where I've hit PBs, on those exercises, like a dumbbell press, like a hack squat, like a like a row, you know, it's generally the points where my progress is going really, really well, and it's it's kind of psychological, kind of I suppose, proof to myself that things are working. Um, so that's a little bit more of an anecdotal answer there, but one hundred percent, yeah, like we want those we want those lifts improving.
0: Yeah, we can assume was what I was going to say that if the lifts are going up, then we're probably hitting our goal of more uh, muscle tissue development which is what you said to me and i think that's like a really nice way because it's it can be hard sometimes can't it we like trying to grow any muscle to like see see the improvement like in the short term it's like, it's not a very rewarding experience directly. Like when your abs are coming out and you're, every week you're tuning it in, you're seeing them pop out. It's like, oh, right, well, this is it. Like you're getting that gratification much quicker. With the muscle building process, it, it's not like that. So you, I think as you, I'm basically re- rewording what you said to me. Um, having that just to motivate you and to work towards, it's just, it's just something that you can use in your locker. Okay, so here we go dumbbell split squat IPSI lateral one warm-up set and two working sets per leg
1: so yeah mate so interesting so again what you'll find is like you're probably thinking obviously we we spoke a little bit about like warm-ups earlier uh for everyone who's listening and do you know what like You don't, obviously, two, three warm-up sets on every exercise. Again, it's eating more and more into that time. So generally, what you find is is that after the first one, maybe two exercises of a particular muscle group in a session, now you're at split squats, we need far less warm-up sets, right? So the quads are fatigued. We don't need to use as much load. Um, There's plenty of blood flow around the knees and hips. You probably just need a set to again, get yourself lined up right, get yourself in the right position, ensure you're happy with the connection, the execution, the setup of the exercise, and then you're probably good to go straight into a working set, so we've got the split squat in there, again, we've kind of purposely put this in there for a little bit of kind of single leg or unilateral work for yourself, mate, haven't we? What's interesting about the split squat is depending on your structure and how we set this up will dictate whether it's a quad or a glute exercise. The reality is we're going to be getting a little bit of both. Um but I actually think for you mate it's going to be more of a probably a glute exercise than a quad exercise and that's just based on what I've seen off what goes on on your squats, you know, that hip will travel a little bit more than the knee travels. So this is probably more of a glute exercise for you.
0: Yeah, interesting. Interesting. I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, for me, I, we we actually discussed this earlier. Like, single leg exercises are something that I actively um, avoid because it's like it is hard and it's um, it's mentally tiring for me for like the balance and stuff like that. And that is going to come with time as I get better at it. But it will be interesting because when I have done single leg stuff, I have found like it's quite easy, as you say, to bias it either towards your glute or towards your quad depending on your intention and so naturally it will be interesting to see how it comes out with um for myself
1: what's interesting as well mate is with the split squat is like you can you can do a split squat in two different ways but it looks exactly the same so if you push off the front foot generally speaking it's gonna be much more of a glute exercise There will be still, still some quad in there if you push off the back foot in a split squat which isn't a bad exercise at all it's actually a massive quad challenge it's 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 almost like a leg extension in a way on that back leg um and because the hip is extended through we're actually challenging the quad there in a in it's pretty much it's fully lengthened position so let's say for you we wanted to get a full quad challenge in this session leg extension perfect that's going to be short leg press brilliant that's going to be mid and then back foot focused split squat. That's going to be massively lengthened. So we've actually got a full kind of quad, full range of the quad challenge yeah. going on in those three exercises. Bang. that's really nice. We've have got, we have got it in as a glute, but we've got options how we perform that exercise as well.
0: I think as well, you are going to depend... It, 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 like in the perfect world you perform the rep exactly the same every time but there is going to be that different recruitment of the muscle isn't it depending on like how your balance is like your breathing your posture all those kind of things so i I guess at it's core, however you do it it's going to be a positive because you're going to recruit as you say the glute or quad so number four on the list is where this is i've always said this and i'll try and get my mindset right but one of my demons we've got a seated leg curl for hamstrings
1: yeah, so seated leg curl. So obviously your gym, mate, we've, we've got the seated leg curl. We haven't got a lying leg curl, have we?
0: No, we do not, unfortunately.
1: You know, a lot of gyms haven't got that, so... If, if Stu's gym did have a lying leg curl, I would use both. So I would use, or, or I would I would cycle. So I would do the, the seated leg curl for a period of time. Then I'd do the lying leg curl for a period of time. And this is just coming back to what we spoke about earlier about. We want to get that muscle strong across its full range, across as many positions uh, and ranges that it, it, it can work through essentially. But because he's got a seated, that's what we're going to go with similar idea here to the to the leg extension we're kind of challenging the the, the hamstrings um, in isolation before he goes on to his kind of uh sort of hip extension based exercise we've already got some blood flow to the hamstrings um we're getting into QE's his, his hip position um and it's just going to be a, a a nice exercise to put in before he goes on to that hip extension exercise which i think is not the next one but the one after
0: that's right yes yeah. so leg curl the, the hamstrings is like a the why what i say it's a demon exercise it's just like it's it's like something you it's that feeling of cramp but like you're actively pursuing it and it just scares the shit out of me to be fair i mean i've gotten much better and since i've worked with you like my hamstrings have improved and it mm. is interesting to see then like how much of my other lifts improved because of it because the question becomes where, what i asked was like why are we doing hamstrings (laughs) like exactly Mm. because i know it's a supportive muscle but i'd never really understood like the direct benefit
1: yeah mate it's interesting Uh, a good way to think of it as well is like a lot of guys i speak to really enjoy training quads but don't enjoy training hamstrings and i think that's because the hamstrings for a lot of people like no one sees your hamstrings especially you know if you wear shorts people are normally thinking my quads not about hamstrings but a way to look at your hamstrings is the stronger um, you can get your hamstrings and the more you can develop your hamstrings, the better your quads will be for it. And the reason I say that is because let's say we're looking at a leg extension or a leg press or any quad exercise. The nervous system, the body, the brain is so clever. So if the quads are a lot stronger than the hamstrings are, when we go through something like a leg press, something like a leg extension, the hamstrings aren't fighting the resistance like the quads are. But they are managing the joint on the other side. So as the as the quads are kind of pushing through on that quad on the leg extension, coming into full extension, there's a big quad challenge going on. The hamstrings are managing the joint. They're making sure that joint doesn't go out of position, doesn't come out of alignment of where it should be and what it should be doing. So what happens is if they're weak, the nervous system down regulates your output because it says, right, this muscle isn't strong enough to keep up with what this muscle is doing so i'm going to down regulate your output so what you'll find is if you get your hamstrings stronger at the same time as your quads your quads are a bigger muscle than the hamstrings, so they will always be stronger but if you never train your hamstrings to the same level you'll find it does affect your ability to progress on other exercises so still train them and it will only help with the rest of your leg development like you want to bring it all up
0: together yeah so you're basically saying like your hamstrings will eventually bottleneck your progress yeah into, in your quads i think what i'd like to add in here um from the bro science way, is that tempo is so important with hamstrings like i've seen people and like they can move a lot of weight on the hamstring curl but they take quick reps but the real absolute killer and i think i think maybe i guess this is true but this might just be in my head but when you get that squeeze at the bottom of the hamstring curl, that's where the gains are coming from because you're contracting that hamstring as strong as you can that's telling your body right we need to we're tearing the muscle here like we're, we're engaging it as opposed to just like throwing it around where you look great in the gym classic kind of bro thing to do but you're not actually getting the benefit from it
1: mate you know what's interesting the human brain what does the human brain love doing it loves finding an easier way to do something right great example of this for you mate as you know i changed my car a few months ago i got an automatic and mate i love it because and do you know what a manual was fine i had no trouble with a manual but now my brain's found another way of driving that's even easier I love it because it clears up space for other stuff, right? It allows us to kind of make that a more automatic, pardon the pun, pun? yeah, (laughs) pardon the pun, automatic um, way of doing things, right? It's the same in the gym. The body, the brain will want to find loopholes. So moving things with speed, doing things quickly, it reduces the challenge. We use momentum. We use inertia to carry that weight because it, it eases the burden on the body. I mean we don't like feeling uncomfortable. So what you said about the tempos, mate, is bang on. And you know what's funny as well? When you do a tempo, it's like a leg curl, it's amazing how much people have to reduce their weights. Yeah, hundred um, percent It's like on the lap pool, then, when you see people like pulling the bar like back here, like <laughs> bang, whoa, yeah, fucking going it's because a... <laughs> that they're, they're, they're using their hip extensors, they're using their 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 hamstrings, their glutes to move that thing. Their lats are like, that's fine.
0: That's that's yeah, that yeah. brilliant
1: um so and it's the same on the leg curl like moving it with speed it's just going to make it easier it's not necessarily going to be to further benefit
0: yeah i think that's like that's it's such a life lesson actually like we all we're always going to seek the easiest path like the passive the path of least resistance is what we look for but oftentimes also in life like the growth comes from those moments of discomfort of really seeing what you're made of and like we don't like to go there because it's like it's like it it may exposes us to kind of like uncertainty like we've never been here before we've never pushed to this kind of level and as I say the parallel that is with your hamstrings which seems quite trivial but also in life when you kind of take that punt on yourself or you're doing something you think this is out of my comfort zone but that's where the growth is so then finalizing we have a 45 degree hip extension weighted now this is an interesting one really because i've never done it prior to you it's kind of a very unloved bench slash machine in the Matt, gym we we
1: the... not we got the abductor in there
0: i didn't oh shit we have got the abductor in there sorry oh, so I, I hope i, I, I skip that, that one <laughs> so sorry number four was the seated leg curl number five is the abductors so yes we'll we'll go the abductors about giving you the i'll give you the preview of what's number six is so abductors supportive in terms of again similar to the hamstrings is that the kind of the realm we're going down
1: so yeah so again it's allowing us to to challenge the glutes before we got into the hip extensor exercise where we're going to be challenging hamstrings and glutes the leg curl is not going to be a glute challenge it's just going to be a hamstring challenge same with the abductor it's going to be a a glute challenge not a hamstring challenge so we're already getting some blood flow some potentiation in there prior to doing the hip extension so you're in a good place when you get to that exercise what's interesting with abductors and adductors? people often say rory those and again you know no no sexism intended with this comment Mm -hmm. um people say are those the feet the women machines the girly machines the female machines trust me when i say this they they are they aren't gender specific machines <laughs> <laughs> oh when you've so, been through hell
0: on them as well you so, can't there's a new level of respect there so
1: so whatever gender you are at the 250 that we've got now <laughs> 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 shots going out shots there's going out not that's not it's not biased you'll be glad to hear yeah so anyone can use the abductor and adductors we it's not like women just have those muscles and we don't and they're both really important um and Stu's done a lot of adductors in previous programs so my knowledge of that is again coming to that thing of like priorities you don't need to spend too much time on the adductors at the moment mate um we know that we've built them up to a good level so they can go on the back burner but I know we haven't done much, as much on the abductors. So the thought process here is let's bring that one in. Let's drop the abductors out. We're challenging the glutes in kind of a, I suppose, a, a mid a mid range, if you like. Um, because obviously on the abductor, your kind of hips are at a sort of 90 degree, generally a 90, sometimes a 100 degree angle. So we're in somewhat of a, uh, I suppose, a lengthened kind of mid position for the glutes. Mm um so again a different position compared to the hip extension so again we're training that muscle in a slightly different position um so yeah it's another nice one to put in there it's not particularly a it's a challenging and demanding exercise but it's not going to be as demanding as something like a back squat a deadlift so again it's allowing us to get some volume in there without crippling you for the rest of the session
0: so are we looking then to um I say push ourselves. It's, there's a different level of pushing yourself, I think, isn't there? So if we're on a leg press, um, then the pushing yourself is, like, as I say, mentally fatiguing. With the abductors, then are we looking for, like, a like a, like a certain RPE? Or are we just kind of, like, ticking the box and saying, like, we're getting this done, we are trying to pursue this in terms of, like, uh, see the numbers go up. But we are seeing it as, like, a means to an end.
1: So, mate, at the end of the day, I want you, you know, Ideally, I want you putting in max effort across every exercise. So I don't want you to feel that like and I wouldn't advise anyone to think that that's a comfortable exercise. That's meant to be easy. Yeah. Absolutely not. It's meant to be challenging. All exercise is meant to be challenging somewhat because that at the end of the day is, is what progresses it. It's not as if some muscles are like, you can go easy on me and I'll progress. You know, you've got to you've got to challenge a muscle to change. So we we've got to and and I love this. So when I went, um, when I was down in London, mate, last month, uh, no, was it the October one? I think it was the October one. Actually, we went right back to what is exercise, and everyone in the room, me included, was like, "Fuck, here we go." What's like, like we were like, <laughs> "Shit, that's such a broad question." Yeah, and 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 actually, it's really simple. It's a process of stimulation and adaptation, right? So we're looking to create this stimulation to adapt to an outcome so you know are we trying to get a muscle stronger to protect a joint are we trying to get stimulate a muscle to grow to look better are we trying to stimulate a muscle like the heart to function better so we have more energy do you know what i mean so it's stimulation adaptation it's really simple so when you think of that on the abductor we've got to stimulate it just as well as we do on leg press or leg extension. So just because it's a smaller machine, a smaller range, you're not using plates and barbells, the mm-hmm. muscles know no different.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I I kind of threw that in there as a little bit of bait for you there, just yeah, to get yeah. you fired up and going for it. But um I think like it's interesting actually like I won't go too deep into it but Huberman again our favorite reference he was just like muscle growth is determined by how hard you can contract and challenge the muscle and it's like I, that just it stuck with me is like every time like how hard can we can we work this specific muscle and it's the same it's the same question that you pose to each training it's like what muscle are we trying to work here and if you can kind of combine that thing like oh we know we're training the abductors or you know, we were training the quads like how hard can we work the quads and how hard can we contract them. So we know what number six is: 45 degree hip extension weighted. And as I say, it doesn't get a lot of love this one, but uh, kind of why, why, why this one? I think
1: again, it's one of these exercises where I would say most most gyms have got a 45 45 degree hip extension bench most people use it as a back extension but i think it's because it's just not taught very well um and it's one of these it's one of these i suppose like pieces of kit like it's not really a machine it's a tool it's a piece of kit um that we're not taught how to use i think you know there's this thing in society about don't move your back be careful of your back i'm gonna tell you now like you should be training those spinal extensors so those muscles that go all the way down your spine you should be training them you should be moving them Um, we should be more proactive about that rather than being don't bend your back don't move your back because that you know i'm sure jack would agree with me if he was on We mentioned him a couple of times like when we when we stop ourselves from moving and limit what we do it's use it or lose it your body will happily go along with that you know muscle isn't just gonna stand around and say right i'm ready and waiting muscle responds to the demands you place upon it so if you do nothing you won't have a lot of muscle most people right most people will be fairly weak be um fairly immobile you see it as people age so yeah i think that's why you don't see a lot i think that answers your question mate does that make sense yes yeah
0: yeah no for sure I, again it's like i just i think it's not like a a popular exercise and for yeah. those reasons as well but I, again i always go to like the instagram or the popular social media figures. you're not gonna see that exercise thrown out there that much and the reasons you just mentioned definitely probably contribute to that but i think like it's, it's weird isn't it like some exercises become like cool you know because like someone starts doing it and it's like oh like oh actually no, this person's doing it and then someone else tries it and then all of a sudden it goes around like wildfire and it's like the flavor of the month kind of thing mate, the
1: the joke is so mate let a set set a few fires off now here we go so it's basically a restrained rdl
0: <laughs> there you go that's all it is it's, ju- yeah. it's
1: just literally like if you think of an rdl what's an rdl it's basically a deadlift where you uh limit kind of knee movement somewhat You'll get a little bit of knee flexion, but not much. It's, you know, an RDL is a hip focused deadlift, if you like. Yeah. A 45 degree hip extension. Very, very similar. Okay. The degree of range you go through might be different in terms of what joints you're moving and what joints are staying still. Very similar. But because it's not called a deadlift, maybe that's why it's not popular
0: yeah exactly that's right yeah and like I, I to be honest i would never have really thought about it like that because i got i don't have the knowledge floating around to like to make the connection obviously like this is something you do by the daily but there it is so that is kind of legs discussed I mean, there's so many more little avenues to go down um things to discuss intricacies even bigger picture talking kind of things so I hope everyone enjoyed this episode and I hope it's like interesting to kind of go through kind of how you would program things and why you program it for someone. And obviously, there are all kinds of, again, intricacies per trainee, as we discussed. But hopefully you learned something from that episode. Um, If you did enjoy, again, please just think about sharing it with one person. If you've got anything you want us to talk about, um, drop it in the comments. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Hit us up. Drop it in the comments. Send Rory an Instagram DM. I'm, I'm sure he replies to them all, and um, yeah, we will. Uh, we will look forward to gracing your ears and eyes if you're watching on YouTube with some more goodness very soon. Thank you ever so much for watching, and we'll see you soon.